Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I really enjoyed my conversation with Ashley Edwards. He's a phenomenal leader here in coastal Mississippi and the work that the Business Council is doing strategically to, to, to help understand what is the vision of Coastal Mississippi going forward? How do we make sure that we have a resilient and prosperous economy going forward? It's so important. And the conversation around the BP money could not be more important at this moment in time. And I'll add to that as well, that the conversation I'm going to have tomorrow with Stuart uh, Speed, his father, incidentally, <clears throat> was Leland Speed. He was former director of the MDA, incredibly successful man. I had an opportunity to work closely with him after Katrina. And, uh, and the fact that we have uh, someone of his caliber and his company's caliber involved in a potential project here in coastal Mississippi is very significant. So I'm looking forward to, to having that conversation. So now let's turn to Paige and move over to my friend, uh, Mary Graham, the president of Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. My dear friend, and it's great to see you again. It's been a while. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Ricky. Thanks for having me on the show today. So you know what? It's interesting. It's National Women's History Month, and a lot of celebrations around that. We can talk about that. I was so thrilled to see the Immersive Media Performing Arts Center just uh, unveiled. Wow. And, and we'll come back to that, too. Okay. But one of the things I did this morning in preparing for this, for this conversation is I went back. It's been about a year ago, actually since you and I had our first Coast View session together, an hour-long look at where you came from and you know, your commitment to the college, et cetera. And uh, we've visited many times since then. But I, but I wanted to share with you what I said back then, because it still applies today. And it's a really sort of great lead-in to the conversation about the Performing Arts Center. So here's, here's what I said back then, that you're a phenomenal leader. And uh, I said of our cherished community college, because Gulf Coast Community College is one of the most significant and celebrated community colleges in the United States, certainly in Mississippi, but certainly also in the United States. Um, You've received these accolades. You've received grants and the tens of millions of dollars. You've strengthened, you know, critical partnerships in the business and industry community. You've uh, you continue to have strong strategic partners in the community. You've expanded the footprint of the college to include new campuses, new programs, and opportunities for students in state-of-the-art buildings, which we're going to come to in just a second. Um, I mean, your whole existence as a leader has been raising the bar of quality so that we can provide better educations. Now, look, it may be that some of these students are going to go back to a uh, four-year university, or maybe some are going to go, you know, go through the incredible nursing program that you have, or in the number of workforce development programs that you have, because you don't necessarily have to have a four-year degree to be unbelievably successful in your life. And that's one of the things that you preached all along. But one of the things I like about what you have done is that you've brought great leadership. You've, you have committed employees, excellent teachers, highly motivated students, and it, you know, it really takes a community to, to run Gulf Coast Community College. Now, I could go on and on, but this is what I said back a year ago, and it still applies today. And I know I see you blushing, but the, but the reality is your, your leadership has been phenomenally important to, to this community. And uh, unveiling the, the Media Performing Arts Center had to have been an incredibly proud moment for you. It absolutely was. It's, it's one of the most beautiful buildings we've built at Gulf Coast Community College. We're so proud of it. 
And Ricky, it's going to offer such a great opportunity for our community. Um, and I can talk on and on about that if you're ready to do that. Yeah, please do. Because that, well, first of all, talk about what the goal was and describe it. And we'll, we'll lay for the Facebook audience, we'll lay some photos in that give people a sense of seeing the incredibly well architectured building. But talk about it. Oh, sure. Um, well, first of all, speaking of the architecture, um, Ely Gild Hardy was our architect on this beautiful building. And um, Steve Stolsich, the primary architect, who is probably one of the most creative people you could ever meet, uh, he had some really big ideas. Um, what we always do, Ricky, when we decide that we want to build a state-of-the-art facility is we travel to several different states to look at premier facilities, and we try to garner as many good ideas as we can so that as we come back, we put all these ideas together we look at our budget and we decide, okay, what what components can we put in this new facility? <clears throat> we were able to do that with the Performing Arts Center. Um, and the goal was to create a community facility. Um, and I want to make clear to the viewers, too, <clears throat> the community college is never <clears throat> in a situation where we want to compete. We wanted to do something that wouldn't compete with the Sanger, and obviously we can't compete with the Coliseum. So we, we tried to find a niche right there in the middle. Uh, and so our theater sits about 1,200 individuals. Uh, in addition to our massive theater, we have a smaller breakout theater, which will hold about 200 people. But it's a living learning lab. We have all of our fine arts available in there. We have a recording studio. Uh, we have classrooms, of course, for our live entertainment program, which will launch this fall. Um, we wanted to do something big for the Mississippi Gulf Coast. You know, <clears throat> we do workforce training, and the Mississippi Gulf Coast focuses so much on live entertainment with all the casinos and the, the churches that we have and all the venues along the coast who are desperate for technicians who know how to do lighting, sound, rigging, all those things associated with live entertainment. And so these students will learn that in a living lab all the while inviting community in, uh, we'll target Broadway shows. We're working with promoters for big concerts, big name uh, entertainers to come in. So it'll generate a little bit of revenue to help us offset the cost. So that was the goal, to build a live training facility for future performers, number one, seasoned performers who want to come back and record their talent, but also to teach our students all those really technical skills associated with live entertainment. What I, what I like about it is that, as you know, I spent a lot of time in New York. And yeah. if you think about some of the finer theaters in New York where the seating configuration was unique and it had, uh, you know, uh, uh, certainly the balcony, but then the, I guess they're called, are they box seats? Is, is, right, is that what right. those are called? Box or balcony. It reminded me of some of the finest, you know, you could go see some of the best, you know, art, um, orchestras in the world and be able to accommodate, you know, heads of state at this place. I mean, it's just so well done. And so, I mean, just it, it's inspiring just to see the building before the music even starts. Do you have that same feeling? We do. I, I teared up when we had our first performance last week. Uh, due to COVID, we had to have two separate performances of all of our fine arts groups. We had our dancers, our jazz band. We had all of our entertainment groups, our choirs all participated. It was amazing. But I'll tell you, I know you've been to Radio City Music Hall. We stood on the stage there and said, we want this same view. 
And I'm going to tell you, our architects made that happen. There's not a bad seat in the house. If you will notice the architecture, there's no internal beams uh, that distort the view. It really turned out so much better than I even dreamed. So it was definitely a dream come true. So you think about these new NFL stadiums and sort sort of the whole thinking behind the NFL stadiums are sort of like what you just mentioned, the Radio City Music Hall. This yeah. is having having the seats seem closer to the stage. So you can, you know, instead of, instead of having it flatter with people sitting, you know, way, 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 way away right. from the stage, you'll, you can be, you know, you can be back in as far as the seat is concerned, mm -hmm. but you, the further back you go, the higher you go so that you had this sense that the, you're right near the stage and uh, you can tell you took advantage of it. that's what the new NFL stadiums are doing to make people feel closer to the field. And uh, it's just so, so extraordinarily well done. What a gem. And something that's really going to contribute to, to the, 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 the college and the community for many, many years to come in ways we can't even fully appreciate right now. I believe. I hope so. And just so you know that we're taking, we have conference rooms in there. And as I mentioned, classrooms and alternate uh, venues for performances and recording studio. Our hope is to name some of these uh, for individuals who want to make donations to our institution. And so um, we could have the Ricky Matthews, uh, you know, <laughs> stage or whatever the case may be. So we're really looking to do that. We're putting together a really uh, first-class brochure to offer those opportunities so people can have lifelong legacy type naming opportunities for this facility. I do think this facility will be around for quite a while. It, it will. And it's at the Harrison County campus. It is. And I have to, I have, I'm having to get that in my head. I think, I think the name change was appropriate. And the Harrison County campus is, uh, is, is a new name for that, for that uh, campus. It is. it is. It aligns with our new strategic plan. If you think about it, you know, we have 10 locations. Every one of those locations, other than the Jefferson Davis campus at the time, was named after the location where it would sit or where it was located. So the Jefferson Davis campus was the only outlier. So we yeah. wanted to align that in our strategic plan. <clears throat> so when you look at, so beyond that for a second, um, and congratulations, by the way, on getting that incredible facility opened. When you, when you got, got up this morning, I'm curious about the kind of things that were on your mind. Look, I tell you what, we're coming to the end of this segment. We'll pick up because that's a that's a long answer. I bet we'll come we'll come on the other side. But this is Mary Graham. She's the president of Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, a longtime friend of mine, and of this show. And we'll we'll answer her question when we come back about you know what's on her mind when she got up this morning. I bet it's going to be an interesting list of stuff. We'll we'll be back after this break. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Dr. Mary Graham, the president of Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, with us, and she's a good friend. And one of the things we were chatting about during the break was 
someone asked me the other day, said, you know, what is the biggest challenge of doing a daily show? And, you know, my answer is actually having a clear voice because <laughs> right. you, you have to talk a lot and you have to be, I never really thought much about this when I was, you know, doing my thing in my work life, but, uh, you have to have a clear voice. So the biggest challenge I have is a frog in my throat, you know, and Mary had a little frog in her throat and that was <clears throat> And uh, we're still fighting now, but that just that goes with radio and people understand that and and life goes on. But look, before we went to the break, I was asking you about to ask you when you got up this morning, what are the things that were most on your mind? You know, that's an interesting question, Ricky. Um, The thing that runs through my mind every morning is how can we at Gulf Coast Community College get better? Our goal is to get better every day. Uh, We don't want to just compete locally. We want to compete. with community college throughout the nation. We have so many accolades that we strive for. We're the number one nursing school in Mississippi today. Uh, A new accolade we just found out about is number one military-friendly community college, number one in the United States, and there are 1,200 community colleges throughout the United States. So those are things that... Well, stop there. Stop there. Congratulations. Look, I talk about this all the time. I mean, one of the keys to our success in coastal Mississippi is the relationship we have with the military community. That could be through CB bases, naval bases, the you know, Keesler, uh, Stennis, all the work that we do here, and the retirees. I mean, we're one of the most right. important retiree communities in the United States. But to, to, to win that distinction, number one in the U.S., that's a really, really big deal. Congratulations. Thank you. We are, you know, we're competitive just by nature with all of our athletic events, but, you know, we want to compete at everything. And uh, I think competition is good for the soul. It makes you um, practice and work hard to be better. And that's what we do every day. That's what I was thinking about this morning. How can we take it to the next level? We have a strategic plan. We're working on that every day to get better and, you know, do things at Gulf Coast that really meet the needs of the community. And, you know, we always want to focus. Of course, we want to be recognized nationally. We want to make sure we're taking care of our hometown folks and we're supporting our four-county district. And if we're not doing that, we're not doing our job. Well, you you are doing it. And, you know, what's interesting, I I remember going back in the early days of the pandemic and you and your team, this is literally during the, during the lockdown, you and your team were already trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to, as we sort of come out of the lockout and our lockdown and start to understand how are we going to educate people in this new world? Of course, remote, remote learning was a big part. You guys never missed a lick as it related to that. Right. But then you combined remoteness for people who had vulnerabilities or had vulnerable family members and whatever with in-class learning. And you didn't look back. You continued to move forward. You, you put the safety of the students and your staff, number one. But you, uh, you proved that you could operate a, a college in a scenario where a pandemic exists. And what's amazing to me is that what did that is leadership. Leader, your leadership, the leadership of your team. I, look, I think about Glenn East and others here on Coast of Mississippi who, who did similar you know, challenges. We're in a place we had never been before with the pandemic, so we're having to do things we'd never done before. Right. And leadership's the thing that made the difference. And then I look across the United States, and I see all these schools and colleges struggling with even doing it remotely they, they, with no plan to try to do in-face learning. As an educator that sort of figured it out, does it frustrate you that others couldn't figure it out? 
It does, but we've been very fortunate. You know, we're always looking at the long view of, you know, what's the next advancement in technology that we need to adopt. And so we had a really good handle on virtual, if you will, or online learning. Um, Most of our faculty were already in a hybrid. They had a hybrid opportunity to offer some online and some face-to-face. And so uh, you know, I, I talked about this when we talked before. We we live in Hurricane Alley, so at the drop of a hat, we've got to flip to uh, you know a, another type or another venue of learning, and so that kind of spurred us into investing in the technology that we needed. And so as the pandemic came on, our faculty, those few that had not really immersed themselves in online learning, really stepped up. We have such dedicated faculty and they stepped up and our whole student service team stepped up. And that was a new thing for student services to go virtual. And they stepped up and they did an amazing job. I think we called over 10,000 students uh, through student services during the pandemic. We did care calls to say, are you okay? Do you have the technology you need? Are you connecting okay? You need to borrow a laptop. And so everyone really, I mean, it was a team effort. We had the technology, and I'll be honest with you, Ricky, we've taken it even now to the next level. We got a few dollars through CARES, through the federal uh, grants program, and we were able to really enhance what we were already doing and put it in the hands of our faculty, and I'm telling you, they just took off with it. What has happened as a result of the pandemic has been transformational for our institution. We will never be the same institution we were before. We'll be so much better because our technology is so much better. Well, you know, a lot of we've talked about this before, you and I, and I've talked about it with many other guests that the, the trends that were in place before the pandemic were sped up by the pandemic. So, uh-huh. this whole notion of remote learning and the use of technology and all of that, if you think about it, whether it's medicine or education or doing business, it's Absolutely. revolutionized the way we do, do everything around the it world. Really and you're has. right. We'll find it a has. new normal, but we'll never go back to where we were. We won't, but I don't want people to forget that. In-person learning is the most effective, yeah. particularly yeah. in a community college setting, because we do so many things in a hands-on environment. If you think about our career technical, think about nursing. We did go fully simulation and fully automated, but there's nothing like being in a hospital. There's nothing like learning to well in person, uh, sitting in an English comp class, you know, with you've had, you know, Weta White as a great instructor for you. But those bonds that are created in the classroom are as effective and important as the learning that goes on. So I don't ever want us to to totally remove from that. It's important. So what we call our style is hybrid style. We have the best of both worlds. We have great faculty who will sit and talk with you. Then we have this great technology that at the drop of a hat, we can be synchronous or asynchronous depending on the need. This has been Mary Graham from Gulf Coast Community College, and it's a really a story of resiliency. And the rest of America could have learned from my experience if they would only listened and paid attention to what we were doing. So anyway, it's been great to talk to you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, have a great day. We'll see you later. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.